A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Now. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2. Oh! AW Rampage pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bunch a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. Is this the season premiere? I never know. Probably. It's this. There can't be a fucking premiere here when it hasn't stopped. I mean, it'd I know be this. Gunsmoke and that record that that show held, or some bollocks that they made a weekly episodic TV show. Anyway, it is night two of the WWE draft. I'll bet you're excited. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> it's impossible to care. I mean, I don't see why people lie about this. A lot of content people in the wrestling media, like you'll see people go, oh, I really wish people were more positive. And they're lying to you, man. They don't care. Those people who post like, who's my fantasy draft picks? Piss off. Piss off. It's red or blue. Who gives a toss? The... And also, it's not like, oh, if we, they're not on that show, they can't possibly have that match. Yes, you can. Because they just do... New rules that they make up once the ratings start dipping again. I mean, the wrestlers call these people marks, marks, for a reason. Like, like, Mark. like, people in this game will pretend to care about stuff with the idea being that they will have an engaged following who will not tweet them vicious slander and abuse because they have fence-sitting opinions and don't really say what's on their mind. And it's Hot take, Cesaro. Good wrestler. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, it pisses me off. So when you ask me, like, are you up for it? I would say no. And I would honestly say that that is reflective of what people think. Like, I'm not saying I'm the real Slim Shady or whatever. It's not, I'm not in the motion picture network. I'm just saying that there is a criminal lack of buzz about what used to be a quite fondly celebrated night of professional wrestling, even if it was quite an indictment of, well, it's getting a bit boring now. Let's change things up. One thing I've just seen, uh, just I mean, who cares? Ju- do you care about the draft? Do you know what? I'll say this, right? I tonight is the most I've cared about the draft in quite some time, and it's for a reason we'll get onto in due course. But also, here is the more of the it, whereas previously, you know, years and years and years ago, 
it used to be giddy with excitement that John Cena might go to Monday Night Raw from SmackDown, you know, many, many moons ago when that happened. Now it's being able to rant on a Tuesday about like, so you had the choice of the entire roster. Because let's not forget, on Friday, it could be explained away. When people sat there going, why the f- haven't anyone picked up Becky Lynch? It's because she's in the other pool. Tonight, the other pool is, as far as I'm aware, everyone who hasn't been drafted. Yes. We had the bonus picks on Talking Smack, which we were talked about in the news today. Beyond that, everyone's fair game now. So your Damien Priests, as far as I'm aware, your Becky Lynch's, like I say, the list I could go on and on and on, but to be honest, I can't remember who got drafted. So on Raw Friday, has to pick Becky Lynch first. Yeah, if Raw gets the first pick, surely. Well, did SmackDown get the first pick on SmackDown? Yeah, I think With I, Roman. Yes, yeah, they will have done. So only fair is fair. Or Raw's got an extra hour as well, which is a different variable. Yeah, they, they messed that up because previously, if you remember, they would go Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw. Five picks for each round. But because they knew that they couldn't go Raw, first picks, and I love him, you ain't picking Big E over Roman Reigns, are you? No. So they had to gimmick I mean, So maybe would. Raw will get first pick tonight. Who knows? If they I would. Less God, monologues. If they do, yeah, if they do. At least it'll break it up a bit this week. If they do... Raw picks first, and Raw picks Becky Lynch, and then you just have a ceremony where they go, there you go, Charlotte. Thanks. There you go, Becky. Thanks. I think that might be it for me. That was it last year. Should have been it then. Was that the tag titles, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yours are blue, but we're on a red brand, so that doesn't make sense. You've got to make, make the colour scheme matter. <laughs> I read somewhere that they were suggesting that Brock Lesnar might, might not only show up on tonight's Raw, but become a Raw superstar, which, I mean, would pop a rating, but would surely be the dumbest decision Brock's ever made. He's a free agent. He can dra- he can drift between both shows, can't he? He doesn't have to declare an allegiance, as far as I'm aware. He doesn't. If they had any kind of care about the craft and the logic behind any of this, you would have USA and Fox. Then again, you don't want to make USA or Fox look like sheep for being not the ones to present him with this big lucrative offer. I don't know how it bloody works, and they can't make it work, and it's all a bunch of nonsense. Brock Lesnar will do what Brock Lesnar wants to do. More to the point, Brock Lesnar will be available for whatever plug needs fixing in the months to come. Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how they do this, because... The Usos thing's a, a thread. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to get onto. yeah. I mean, aside, the only other thing I was going to say is... It does sort of bury your own talent, doesn't it? If they're going to try and make us care about someone, like in a few months' time. And if I look back and go, you neither show deem them big enough to pe- use a draft pick on them, why should I suddenly care that maybe they can win a title? Well, that's the thing. The whole format, if you think about it deeply, which they don't want you to do, is not ideal in terms of the talent. Everyone knows there's a tier list of Talent that WWE sees as a big star, we receive as a big star, hence why they are positioned as big stars. But the further down the rounds you go, it's all a bit of an indictment on the guys who are like, hey, the six pool, uh, what the hell's, uh, I don't know, Seamus doing? It's like, well, you're kind of depicting him as someone who doesn't really matter as much as everybody else. And it's a work. You're meant to think, like, this guy doesn't have that many wins, he's not that over, but he's got a ridiculous amount of promise. You wouldn't want to tell your audience he's like in the seventh bracket of importance mm. like you, you, you manipulate these things situationally so that if they have a breakthrough performance in a match and a lose you could say oh he's lost again but you know he's got an incredible upside 
Dante Martin. You don't say, oh, Dante Martin's like seventh or eighth, most important. You just don't do a draft. <laughs> and you say something along the lines of, Dante Martin has lost again, but look at how awesome he's going to be in X amount of years. Like, they don't, it's not a good work. Like, wrestling's work and the draft goes against my sensibilities of how you're meant to promote stars. It's not like, ironically, considering this is WWE, it's not very corny. Mm. It's mixed it up quite nicely, I will say that, in terms of Drew McIntyre now being on SmackDown, Edge being on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Rollins, I don't think, has been drafted yet. So I mean, you've got, yeah, you've got that. It's, we desperately need to do substitutes for long-haired white guys. That's desperately what's needed. Again, like, I, I get what you're saying. But it, to, re- to reflect what you were just saying there as well, though, good to see that icy title reign really benefited Apollo Crews, who was drafted on Talking Smack. I mean, Anna. Just don't split up Boogs and Shin. Yeah, I mean, don't split at them. the very least, get them off SmackDown so I don't have to listen to Pat McAfee. I'm sorry, Wilborn. I don't want to piss on your chips. <laughs> I know you'll like it. Maybe Damien, I don't know, maybe Damien Priest moves to SmackDown. Maybe you do the old switcheroo and they just go, oh, do you want the IC title? Do you want the US? Yeah, bollocks. Okay. So. Actually, they can't do that because Apollo's on Raw and they're just going to have to have him fight for the US title for ages with Damien Priest. Oh, God. The, the first one will be good. It will. What about, the, what about the eighth? Are <laughs> oh, you interested? Like photocopies. That would be funny. Like, how how long did Damien Priest versus Sheamus go? How long did Biggie versus Nakamura go? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggie versus Cruz. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Biggie versus Cruz and Cruz versus Nakamura. Like, between those two programs, you've got the entire SmackDown mid card for about nine months. I mean, that's just not on. Maybe we'll get Asuka on SmackDown and they'll be nice to us with that. She's been disappeared for ages. Who's like to do something with her on some show? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like they've she's run through almost everyone. Maybe oh, Bianca Belair's now, though. They're on Raw. But, but anyway, let's talk about yes. like the central issue, like you say, because the one real reason why I'm genuinely invested in the, in the draft tonight is if Paul Heyman is going to be, quote, left for dead. Roman Reigns' mafia boss that he is over on SmackDown told Paul Heyman, that's your one job now. If you're, you know, the wise man, you know, the assistant to the tribal chief or whatever you want to call it, you make sure my cousins get drafted to SmackDown and the Usos are going to be there to make sure things go smoothly. Huh? <laughs> that was sort of half Tony D'Angelo, half a bit Russian. Yeah, a bit weird. But is he going to be left for dead? How does he stay alive in this scenario? So the idea is he'll be left for dead. The Usos will bludgeon him if, in fact, they are drafted to Raw. How does Paul Heyman prevent this? And an answer, it just leads to a question, to a question. How does he prevent this? What does he do? Does he go to a Fox bigwig? Well, we, are we they making the decisions? I was going to say, we were discussing this earlier, weren't we, as to who's drafting. We came up with the both raw, the robots from both shows. Because we don't really know. It can't, they can't turn around tonight and say, well, I suppose they can because they're technically in charge of both shows. But Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville being in charge of the draft makes their decision to pick Naomi even more baffling for SmackDown. I mean, so the Usos are in this draft pool. This one. Mm-hmm. Right. Roman Reigns is a little bit scared about this because he wants his backup and he wants his uh, family. So Paul Heyman has to go to Raw to prevent the Usos from being drafted to Raw. How does he do this? Asks nicely. Who? I don't know, mate. Because as far as I'm aware, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce are the messengers. 
I'm sure there was like one throwaway line that said, you know, USA and Fox have been locked in negotiations yeah. or whatever. So I'm pretty I sure. I missed the war rooms that they had before with people like punching the air when they got Natalia. Yes, come on, high five. Yes. Bring We've them got Brett. Oh, God, it's every time. It <laughs> works by the entrance theme every time. So I don't, I've got to answer your question, Will Bourne. You're asking me on the bullet points, because we like to go point by point by point, plot development by match by plot development. And one of the plot developments, and they've genuinely built it on SmackDown, is will Paul Heyman be left for dead? And in answer to that question, I'm thinking, well, how does he stay alive? I, I, I don't know how this works. Does he go to some guy who plays the role of a Fox executive and say, oh, he does a favor, and they'll go, who are you? <laughs> I and go, well, we'll probably want them when they're the champions. Are they, are they still the tag team champions? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we planned on it. Cool. Roman's, what's he getting anxious for? Do USA want to make a big play for the Usos? They've already drafted RK, bro. Oh, we've already got some tag team champions. Oh, yeah. So, we have two sets. Oh, well, the problem is that you'll have to, the Usos will have to relinquish those titles. Because SmackDown needs tag team champions. So you get a tag team, but they don't look good because they have to get... It's all a mess, man. It's all a complete nonsense. <laughs> if you apply a minute of critical thought to anything WWE is during this draft or before or after, it's all a nonsense. How long can I keep doing this? It's the question I've been asking myself a lot of late. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. 
Well, instead, let's talk about someone that's very close to your heart. Goldberg, he returns to Raw. Someone reminded us that he yeah, retired Bret Hart, so I'm not in the mood to talk about this prick. Oh, uh, yeah. He returns to Raw tonight, uh, a week on from saying, if you're lucky, I'll kill you, to Bobby Lashley. Now, Bobby, of course, lost that WWE Championship. Well, kick him in the head. WWE Championship steel gauge match last week. Uh, I think this is a good thing in terms of rapidly moving Bobby Lashley along and kind of trying, to, trying to make fans forget that he's just lost the world title. But that comes with a major caveat that he has to beat uh, Goldberg. He's not beating Goldberg. In he's Saudi Arabia. One million percent not beating a guy who is in Goldberg's position, who is Bill Goldberg, who is Bill Goldberg defending the honour of his kid. Lashley is going shoulders to the mat. Well, I think half the reason why they brought the Hurt Business back last week is for fodder for Goldberg. So maybe this is the first step on that road, do you think? It's, it's not like AEW, where he's going to like, right, okay, wrestler versus a social, like stable mate of rival over however many weeks until they get to their big match. That would involve Goldberg wrestling again. So they might bump around for him, but that would, he's done the odd spear. I don't know. But all I know is that um, I've seen today on my Twitter timeline the angle Face on, because you know, you usually see it side on of uh, Goldberg kicking Bret Hart yeah. in the head. And uh, so, Bret Hart. He used to complain when he did this for chair shots, and it's like, you idiots. It's like he's trying to not get hit by a chair. Does that not make sense? Like, Bret Hart also spoils for always used to put his hands up. Didn't get a nice, clean connection on the chair shot. And it's like, yeah, because he doesn't want brain damage. Yeah. He doesn't want to get hit in the head with a chair. So, he's about to get kicked in the head by Goldberg. Puts his hands up. Goldberg's like, right, okay, I'm going to be the most accurate I've ever been for the sole purpose of ever retiring you. He's covered up with all his face. Right, okay, I'll kick him right in the crown and knock him loopy. Oh, God. What an idiot. Uh, Goldberg should not be wrestling. Um, look, much is made by Bret Hart, obviously, of that whole scene. If you look at his actual record, like, proportionally, he could probably be considered safe, if limited, back in the day. And then WCW, if they had anything going for them now-wise, it was because... They didn't really expose him and ask him to do too much stuff. Recently, like I look at some of the moves he's taken, some of the moves he doesn't have enough juice to to launch into, and I'm thinking, how have you not injured anyone yet? Like I'm the worst kind of terror for a Goldberg match. So in answer to your question, I don't really care how they build this match. I just would hope that he has a big falling out beforehand and doesn't get to do it. Yeah, I just think that Cedric Alexander is small enough, or light enough, I should say, to be taken up for a jackhammer. Bobby actually ain't, and I would. It already gets me a bit worried, like you say. The suggestion of taking him up there. I know we've got Bray Wyatt and the Undertaker examples, and they're different, different gentlemen in terms of different sizes and ages and what have you. But don't, because I really like what they've been doing with Bobby Lashley over the last what year. Yeah, and I've done a really good job with him, and just for the sake of feeding him, because I think if. I know they do all this stuff just for Saudi because it's Saudi people wanting bloody Yokozuna or whatever it may be. But surely all Goldberg is now is an entrance. Like a spear, yeah. But you can hit a spear and not win a match. I don't want to see him hit a jackhammer. And I want Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's going to be there the night after Crown Jewel. Yeah, this has been legitimately a problem since about 2011. Start to peak this problem at around 2013, 14. I mean, um, yeah, Punk nailed it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And realistically, just the way that they've built the storyline with the sun component, it means he's, he's going over. Like, oh, he's man. absolutely 1 million percent going over. I hope he doesn't, 
and his son gets hurt again. <laughs> uh, that's what I think. Anyway, <laughs> one other potential return tonight. He was missing last week. Apparently wasn't medically cleared, according to reports. It's Randy Orton. Could he return tonight? Or, even better, actually, as I think of this, are we going to get a backstage meeting of the minds between Riddle <laughs> and Goldberg? That's what I want, actually. I've changed my mind. I mean, that would be cool. What here, man? What's going on with Randy Orton? And he's like various unexplained absences. Mm. Remember like at the end of the Thunderdome and the beginning of Raw coming back to crowds, he was just away for mm. ages doing nothing. And it was just not explained. And now he's had another week absence. Like, what's going on there? What? Did, I mean, I know he's on a part-time schedule, but it's not as if he's running live events. He could just miss those. I don't know what's going on with Randy Orton. And honestly, this is the, first, the only person who asks this online is you. Yeah. I don't think anyone else, oh, where's, where's Randy? I don't think anyone gives a toss. My suggestion, that's where we are coming to, was uh, Goldberg says that, water under the bridge. Gives a present to Riddle. All right. I'm on the hook for this. He's, uh, he opens it up, and it's it's not, where's Wally? It's, where's Randy? <laughs> the book. And you have to find, you remember the old Where's Wally books? It's one of Riddle's get-rich-quick schemes. <laughs> yes. Remember, he's the old... Uh, in the old Where's Wally books, it was like, you have to find Wally, obviously. Waldo, for our American uh, listeners. Waldo. Come on, lads. How would they, how would the Americans pronounce Wally? Wally. Which is, that's like the Disney robot, doesn't it? But you remember you had to find him in, like, The Wizard, and then there was, like, a blue bloke in, like, a yellow and black jumper and all. I only remember Wally. Well, there was also these little scrolls you could find, you could have to find. That was really tough. You had to find, like, ten in each bit. Joints, just joints in the little in the <laughs> pages. Don't hate this. I don't. He, he loves to get rich quick scheme as well. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he could Where's do Randy? Where's Randy? And that'd be a great picture and picture thing. You know they would do all that and nothing happens and they just go picture and picture. Where's Randy? And it's just a picture. You get to play it whilst some dominoes advert plays or something. Yeah, I'm up for it. Um, look, I don't go with uh, this conversation. Really illuminate, like. Randy Orton has been in it <laughs> yes. since 2002. Yeah, no one's going, go on, guys, where's Randy? Like, I'm not very good at maths, much less quick maths, but, like, I'm watching in, like, 1990. 1991 That's when I started getting into this. It's, like, 1990 plus 22. It's 2012. Do you think in 2012 I'm going, where's Tugboat? <laughs> Why would I give a toss about that? Is he going to be drafted? That's the big question. <laughs> In the first round, we select Tugboat. <laughs> like at least Tugboat had some... Yeah, high five! We're going to tell you next. Brilliant. Like, I mean, I don't give a toss about Randy Orton, me. And I, I find people who uh, do weird. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's conclude, though, by talking about the intriguing situation with the world titles. Big E, of course, as I said, defending against Bobby Lashley last week and then confronted by Drew McIntyre pointing Angela the sword at him. Now, Drew is going to SmackDown, but of course, as Michael Cole told us, uh, in the interim, it doesn't actually kick in until the night after Crown Jewel which my brain insists on telling me is a Monday, but of course is a Friday. Crown Jewel's a Thursday. Ring the date in your calendars and all that. So, in the interim, do we get a Drew McIntyre Big E match, do you think? They have this asinine idea that a backdrop of horrible blue, dull primary colour lighting up that audience 
makes them new again because it used to be red. Can I just say, incidentally, Dynamite needs to piss off by putting blue and red and different colors <laughs> yes. on. So make it look like nitro. Like, how hard is it? Anyway, I firmly expect this to be the arc of Drew McIntyre going forward. He has a fight with Big E. Maybe next week. Loses to Big E. Goes to SmackDown. Uh, fresh start. He's just Forget about all the losses he took on Raw because he's going to have matches with Drew McIntyre now after Saudi Arabia, whatever happens there. Uh, matches with Roman Reigns. Then another three or four on pay-per-view. Like we are coming up to rerun season in WWE, and it's pretty much rerun life. <laughs> so it's going to get exponentially worse. Um, look, Drew versus Big E would be awesome. Mm. Like a proper genre masterpiece from Big E because he loves that match. He's great at that match. Drew McIntyre is an awesome opponent for his meat slap and meat match. I'd honestly rather see a long-term program being built, but we know that can't be the case. There is a, a real sort of, yet again, <laughs> accidental brilliance to WWE. Because like you you always say, look, booking's terrible, storyline's terrible, but they got so much money that if you put, you know, AJ Styles and Riddle is a perfect example. Put them in a ring, they're going to actually have to actively try hard to put on a bad match. You've got the potential of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, right? Lashley beating Goldberg. That I'll just say it like that rather than pitching it as a match. Drew McIntyre versus Big E. King Queen of the Ring. Like, they've got some really good potential matchups. And then going forward off the back of that, you've got Big E and Roman potentially at Survivor Series, Charlotte and Becky. Like, there's some great potential there. And to conclude, because I'm on a roll here in terms of optimism, is there time... Oh, my God. ...before she goes to SmackDown and as she is holding the Raw Women's Championship to save us from them swapping the belts around and, you know, Becky being drafted to Raw and then them having to do that? Is there time for Shayna Baszler to beat Charlotte Flair and become Raw Women's Champion? Because she's on a bit of a roll and <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. A little bit, yeah. If you're going to connect dots, the two dots closest to each other... Uh, at this point, who's the most credible potential challenger to Charlotte Flair? Shayna Baszler. They're really building that out of nowhere. Despite the fact she fought for the title about three weeks ago. Yeah, but that was yeah. when Nia Jax was like running into. That's when you, you're not meant to remember three weeks ago. Well, <laughs> oh, don't be stupid. <laughs> so yeah, I guess. Why not? Oh. Well, as well. Not that you want to tear your own cock off, but uh, she's the queen of spades. Mm-hmm. She could also be the queen of the ring. And guess what? The love of pun. So she was to say, you know, spades aren't the only thing I want to be the queen of. Then <laughs> and then also carry a pack of cards because it's not blatant enough. At yeah, this yeah, point. yeah. I, I could be the queen of the ring as well. So. <laughs> I can't do this anymore, man. <laughs> be good for a year and I won't be a dick about it. Yeah, well, I, it's been good for the last two weeks. Yeah, the format still reeks. Come oh. on for the hat trick. Here we go. Go for the, for the one. Sorry for the phrase. <laughs> we live in hope. Look, I, I promise I'm not going to moan about the format. I'll say, the format's rubbish, but within the bad format, this was a good show, if it's a good show. I'll say that. And we've got a really good five-star review. I will ask what the main review. event is. Yeah. But you know, other than that. And we have got a really good five-star review review schedule for tomorrow. We've already looked up. Could you hook me up on the soundboard uh -huh. with weekly crucial complaint that the format is bad Ruins suspension of disbelief and makes everything feel contrived and terrible. And that, and notwithstanding. And what was the main event? 
Yeah. But that, just, that. I want to consent, dense into 10 seconds. Okay. It needs to be reiterated every show, I but I'm, I'm sick of reiterating it, you know? I'd love that. You can just take the first couple of minutes off. Oh, what do you think of Monday Night Raw? Press the button. Eh. <laughs> well, join us for the Raw review tomorrow, complete with a five-star review. You can still suggest yours by subscribing to What Called Wrestling, uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and suggesting something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of a god-awful segment on Monday Night Raw. But let us know your thoughts ahead of Raw tonight and night two of the WWE draft on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And as I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts. Our reviews of SmackDown and AEW Rampage are available for you right now. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.